Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gannon, for the next hour. We're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you're going to get a heavy dose of my opinion. You have an opinion number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show, blogtalkradio.com slash BK. Send messages to the show on Twitter at Go For Again. And while you're there on Twitter at Go For Again, give me a follow. G O F O R I T G A N T. Great show lined up for you today. Expect to be joined by one of the stars of this hot, hot movie coming up this weekend on Lifetime. Love by the 10th date. Actor Christian Kreese will be joining us. Uh, Christian will be talking about the movie, talking a little football, a little boxing, a little basketball. So we cover it all with Christian, but he'll be joining us. Christian will be joining us at about 7.30. So we're going to talk to Christian. And as we go throughout the course of this hour, we're going to talk football, obviously. You know, you got the Super Bowl coming up. We'll, we'll talk about what happened last week and, you know, touch on a little bit what's going to happen possibly next week. I mean, and but next week we'll you know we'll blow it out with Super Bowl coverage and you know talking about the Super Bowl who's going to win things of that nature. But we'll, we'll we'll touch on it a little bit and then uh, you know as we go on talk a little mellow talk a little LeBron. We got a lot to get to man and and let's get there. Let's get there with mellow Carmelo Anthony at this point in time. You know looks like the Knicks are going to move and they're trying to move. Apparently the Clippers have a level of interest, and apparently the Knicks are willing to trade Melo without getting either Blake CP3 or DeAndre Jordan. I mean, and granted, they can't trade for Blake Griffin because they have Derrick Rose on their roster. There's something with the CBA, uh, both Rose and I believe both Rose. And um, well, under the current – we don't need to go into it. Actually, let's go into it. Under the NBA current labor agreement, you know, it prevents teams from trading two players who were signed by the original team via designated player maximum contract extension. So basically it's a provision within the CBA which stops or or, or limits the, the, the opportunity for the Knicks to, to trade Melo for uh, Blake Griffin. Okay, so, and because the Knicks already have one player on their roster and Derrick Rose, they can't have another. Okay, so at the end of the day, here's what you, here's what you need to look at. Blake Griffin can't be a part of the trade. Chris Paul is not going to be part of the trade, and DeAndre Jordan's not going to be a part of the trade. So at this point, it's looking like the Knicks are going to have to choose from what's on that the rest of the LA Clipper roster. And I don't think there's anybody there that excites you that you know that that gets you ha- makes you happy. And, you know, makes you celebrate and dance in the streets. So the reality is now the Clippers, I guess you have Jamal Crawford they can trade, Austin Rivers they can trade, uh, J.J. Redick they can trade as well. So there are, are some pieces, but, I mean, come on. Those obviously are in pieces that you would, want to, you would want if you're the Knicks, if you're trading a superstar like Carmelo Anthony on the surface. But obviously this is bigger than this, this bigger than that. It's, it's the Knicks at this point saying, you know what? We've taken 
this situation, as far as we came with Carmelo Anthony as our, our, our blue chip guy, our number one guy, our franchise guy, it's about time now for us to move forward. It's about time for us to make a deal and, and move on from Melo and make this team officially Chris Tapp's Porzingis' teams. You know, it, that that's what it's about for the New York Knicks. It's about ridding themselves of that salary that Melo has. You know, it's about, you know, just moving on, moving forward. And the thing is also, because the Clippers are a hard cap, they're hard cap this season, it, they're going to have to, obviously, if Melo gets traded, he's got a 15% trade kicker, all right? So that adds a $10 million to that 2016-2017 salary that Melo is supposed to have. And he has two years left at about $53 million. So they got to – here's my opinion on this. Here's my opinion on it. Obviously, from my standpoint, if I'm the Clippers, you got to find a way to make this work. And these teams are also looking, Knicks and the Clippers, looking for a third team to help, you know, make this deal official. But to me, if you're the New York Knicks, you know, obviously you feel like you need to move on from Melo. And so now for for you, you got to find a way to get as much assets as you can so you can rebuild moving forward. If you're the Clippers. You're in a situation that, okay, you're good enough to be a playoff team, obviously. You're good enough to win 50-plus games. But are you really good enough to beat San Antonio and the Golden State Warriors? Are you in that class? Are you good enough to beat the Houston Rockets at this point in a seven-game series? Are you in that class? And I'm going to say at this point in time, no. I mean, they could beat the Rockets. If the playoffs were to start today, they would play the Utah Jazz. And the Utah Jazz are not a bad basketball team. That's a talented basketball team. But you look at the Clippers, the way they're presently constructed. This is not a championship caliber team. And because this is not a championship caliber team, and you have an opportunity to get mellow, and I know they said they're reluctant to part with a J.J. Redick, and I know the Knicks are saying they really don't want to take on Jamal Crawford's salary, $43 million left on his salary. So – if you're the New York Knicks if and, and you're the Clippers, and if you're the Clippers, mainly the Clippers, you have to say to yourself, is my roster, the way it's presently constructed, good enough to win a championship? Ask the question. If your question is no, then you need to figure out and find a way to get mellow, obviously without giving up a whole bunch of assets. But to me, if you don't have to get rid of Blake, CP3, or DeAndre, to me, I, I mean, if you don't have to give up those guys, to me, in my opinion, you, you got to do what you got to do to make this happen. If it requires you to take on some salary, take on some salary. I mean, Bomber's a big-time millionaire, billionaire, excuse me. So he's got the money. Pay a luxury tax. Do what you got to do to put yourself in position to win a championship because the way you're presently constructed you can't win a chip. And your two best players, CP3 and Blake, you know, it's like a yo-yo. Blake gets hurt, CP3's playing. Uh, CP3 gets hurt, Blake's playing. I mean, you guys got to stay healthy, obviously. But I think if you feel like you're not good enough, then I feel I feel like you need to find a way to get your hands on a prolific scorer, Carmelo Anthony, Get your hands on a guy that can flat out put the ball in the basket. Get your hands on a guy who I believe, if in a great situation, you call him ball stopper and all these different other names you want to call him, ball hog, things of that nature. But I, I, I like to judge players with you know, judge players on how they play with, with, with good players, with great players. And we saw Melo with the Dream Team. And we saw Melo dominate. We saw Melo be highly, highly successful. We saw Melo be highly, highly affected. So as far as I'm concerned, I think Melo, to me, if I'm the Clippers, I try to get this Melo deal done. If I'm the Cavaliers, I try to get this Melo deal done. Because, again, I think if you're Cleveland, the way you're presently constructed, you have to ask yourself, and according to LeBron, obviously – he, he doesn't feel the way this team is presently constructed can beat 
the Golden State Warriors. That's why he keeps he keeps chirping and talking. But as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, I, I tend to agree with LeBron. I don't think you can beat the Golden State Warriors the way you're presently constructed. So I feel like, you know what, you do need to do something. And I feel like, you know, he can, you know, that there is some stuff out here that LeBron does or, or is not getting along with ownership in Cleveland, not happy about them and, and the amount of money they spent, but they, they spent a whole bunch of money. I mean, the Cavaliers spent a whole bunch of money. I, I think in terms of money, you can't talk about the Cavaliers and not spending money. You can't talk about the Cavaliers and, and what they did to try to win the championship. They've spent money, a whole bunch of money. So as far as I'm concerned, LeBron, I think, is a little off with that. They spent the money. I mean, what does LeBron want them to do? They spent the money. He did. You know, they spent the money. What else do you want Dan Gilbert to do? Do you want him to get everybody that you want? Is that what it is? I mean, they spent a lot. They spent a lot. I mean, you look at the salary last year. $107 $107 million in salaries, $54 million in luxury tax, $127.6 million in salaries, and $27 million in luxury tax is the commitment this year. So he's spending money. He's spending money. And Dan Gilbert is paying the luxury tax. He's paying the luxury tax. So as far as I'm concerned, you can't get on ownership. You can't get on management for not spending the money. The money is being spent. They're spending it. So they're doing their part in terms of spending the money. They really are. So as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, LeBron is a little way off base there. Now, if if you want to be the GM who, you know, some have accused you of being, but if you want to be the GM, LeBron, then obviously you feel like this team needs another playmaker. Who's that playmaker? Who are they missing? Matthew Dellavedova? Who who are they missing? What do you want, LeBron? What do you need? I mean, J.R. Smith is down. That's big. So you want another playmaker. You want another playmaker. I don't know what you want Cleveland to do. I don't know. But according to ESPN, when LeBron was considering returning to the Cavs in 2014, he pressed Dan Gilbert if he'd be willing to spend unconditionally, unconditionally, excuse me, on talent, regardless of the luxury tax costs. Those are according to sources. Over a course of several meetings with James and his representatives, Gilbert and James subsequently signed I mean, excuse me, Dan Gilbert agreed, and ultimately LeBron James signed with the team. Then LeBron said recently, earlier this week, quote, I just hope that we're not satisfied as an organization. And apparently those comments have made Dan Gilbert none too happy. And then we have uh, David Griffin, general manager, who's done a tremendous job with the Cavaliers over the past few years. And LeBron did say he's not mad or is he upset with the Cavs management. That's what LeBron is saying. Uh, Believe it, not, I don't know. But he's saying, you know what, at the end of the day, I ain't mad. I'm not mad. He tweeted it out. I am not mad. I'm not mad or upset at management because Griffin staff have done a great job. job. Excuse me. I just feel we still need to improve in order to repeat. If that's what we'd want to do. I guess that last part is a little bit of a backhanded issue. I guess apparently there's been some issues with Matthew Delva Dova not coming back. I mean, is Delhi that important? According to LeBron, he is. But is he really that important? I don't know. But again, 
LeBron at the end of the day, I mean, the Cavaliers at the end of the day, well, LeBron feels like they need somebody. They need an additional piece. We'll see if the Cavaliers, David Griffin, um, you know, management, we'll, we'll see if they agree with that. Dan Gilbert, we'll see if they all agree with that. At the end of the day, they are the general manager and, that, and the owner, respectively. So we'll see how they feel about the issue. LeBron feels like they need another player. <clears throat> Excuse me. They feel like they need another player. We'll see. We'll see how that plays. The mellow, to me, would look good in a Cavalier uniform. And, again, you don't get mellow to beat and win the Eastern Conference. You can do that right now. You get mellow with the thought that you can beat the Golden State Warriors or even the San Antonio Spurs, for that matter, if the Spurs happen to get there. But that's why you do a mellow deal, as far as I'm concerned. And I also, I mean, we'll see how it works out. We'll, I think Melo's going. You know, he's going. It's just a matter of when, how, and, you know, it's just a matter of when and how. He's going. So we'll see what the, what the Knicks do. We'll see if the Cavaliers still, you know, their level of interest, whatever that might be. Apparently the Knicks approached them about Kevin Love. Cavs turned that down. And, again, based off of what we're seeing, based off of what, you know, we, we, we see that the – you know, the Clippers don't have to give up their big three in order to get Melo in order. So based off of that, if I'm a, rock, a franchise, a team, I'm coming at the Knicks low, low, low. I'm trying to get him at, you know, the, the without giving up much. So I'm, I'm coming low. My offers are going to be low. Dollar, two dollars, three dollars. I mean, if Valentine's Day is coming up, it feels like it feels like you can get mellow for a box of chocolates. I mean, that's what it feels like at this point. I mean, you know, other than the big three with the Clippers, do you see anybody on that roster? I mean, come on. I mean, you look at Jamal Crawford, you want him, he's 36 years old. He can still fill it up. But why would you want Jamal Crawford? You want Alan Anderson? You want Brandon Bass? You want Ray Felton? Come on. You want Bob Mute? Oh, let me guess. You want Paul Pierce? Austin Rivers, maybe? I mean, none of those guys move you. None of those guys move the needle. None of those guys excite you. None of those guys have you dancing in the streets. None of those guys. Well, as far as I'm concerned, if I'm any team out here and I want to get my hands on Melo, I'm going low, 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 low. Low. You ain't getting much from me. I ain't offering much to you because you're trying to give this guy away. So if you want to give him away, give him away. Give him away. If that's what you want to do, give him, him away. If that's, in fact, what you want to do, because that's what it seems you want to give this dude away. We'll see what happens. He's going, but we'll see what happens. Let's go to football now. You know, what we saw last week, it's kind of kind of epitomizes what we've seen in this NFL play, these NFL playoffs, blowouts. I mean, this doesn't go down as one of the more exciting NFL playoffs. I mean, it, it was it was dull. It was boring on some level. I mean, other than that classic game between the Packers and the Cowboys. The rest was just hot garbage. I mean, hot, hot. The hottest of garbage. Garbage. I mean, that Green Bay, that Green Bay game was over pretty fast. You know, Falcons got on them and it got on them early. And it was it was done. Pretty fast. So that wasn't very exciting. And then, you know, obviously the nightcap also 
not exciting. I mean, it's 24 nothing at halftime in Atlanta. That's not exciting. I mean, the Steelers and the and the and the Patriots were 17 and nine going into the break, but the Patriots pretty much put that game away, quick, fast. Oh, by the way, in a hurry. Uh, so they 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 did it fast. They went fast and put that game away. So that wasn't very exciting at all either. Really wasn't. You know, you, you shut down that Steeler team, and you put them away. I mean, by the time you're going into the fourth quarter, you know, the game was pretty much a wrap. It was a done deal. A wrap. 33-9 to going into the fourth quarter. So, that I mean, that that game was done. And so, wasn't here's the thing. Wasn't it wasn't that exciting? That game wasn't exciting. And obviously, the Falcons and the Packers game wasn't exciting. So, I hope. The Super Bowl can save these playoffs because these, these are one of the worst players I've seen in a while. I mean, it, it was pretty boring. You know, games were over fast. You know, obviously, you knew the Texans when they played the Patriots. You really, you knew they really. You got actually. Let's go. You can start back to the beginning of these playoffs. You know, you can go back to the beginning of these playoffs when you had the situation where you had the Texans and the Raiders. You knew that game with that game. The Raiders had no shot. They have your quarterback. They had no shot. You know, so that game, there wasn't really much intrigue. Seattle and um, Detroit, I thought Detroit would play a little better. But, you know, Seattle kind of dominated that football game. That wasn't very exciting. You know, I mean, it it just wasn't. Not exciting at all. Oh, I, I forgot the Steelers and Chiefs. That was good. But you had the Steelers and Dolphins. That wasn't very exciting either. Situation with another backup quarterback, Matt Moore, with the Dolphins. And so that wasn't exciting. So two games, Chiefs and the Steelers. I mean, and then you had the um, Packers and the – that happened all in one day. You had the Packers and the Cowboys. So I, I, let's hope the Super Bowl is a little different, I, and I think it will be. I, I know New England, in terms of their defense, is, you know, they're holding teams to about 15 points a game. So they're doing their thing defensively. They're, they're handling their business to, defensively. So they're, they're doing what they need to do. They held, they held the Patriots – excuse me, not the Patriots. They held the Texans at 16, but that's not really surprising. They held the Steelers at 17. I was a little surprised by that. But you could get some, you can move the ball against this football team. You know, they're, they're keeping teams out of the end zone, but you can move the ball. And it's one thing the Falcons could do is move the ball and score the ball. So we'll see how – that whole situation works out. But one thing, I think the Falcons are going to get theirs. I really do. But I also think the Patriots are going to get theirs as well. So we'll see. But I, I will say about this Falcons defense, they played okay. They played well. It did help that they got out. It, it helps. It helped that they got out early on some of these teams. It helped that they got out early on these Packers last week because, you know, you can, Vic Beasley can get off. You know, he led the league in sacks. He can get off and, you know, create some pressure. So, you know, they, they got that. They got off early. That was huge. And then even, even against Seattle, man, I know Seattle scored first, but, you know, Falcons kind of took it from there. And then, you know, you you forced Seattle into obvious passing situations. And, and so at, at that point, you can tee off. You can tee off defensively. But I would have never, ever imagined that that Falcon defense would have held that Packer team to 21 points. But it kind of, you know, near the end of the year when that team was playing better, they were holding teams to 20 points per game. I mean, that was an improvement. I believe they were about 25, 27 points a game at one point. And then near the end, they were holding teams to about 20 points per game. So they were, you know, they they, they improved. They improved as a defense. As, as the season progressed, as the season went on, they did their thing defensively. They improved. They got better. But New England, hey, they're only giving up 15 points per game. But let's look at, let's look at, um, you know, Seattle was a team that only gave up 18 points a game, and we know what the Falcons did to them. And they put up points, you know, and and so this team is going to get theirs. They're getting theirs, and these off both of these offenses are going to do their thing. But I think this pay, this uh, Falcon offense is better. 
I think the Falcons' offense is better. I think it's a little more explosive. Don't get me wrong. Tom Brady's Tom Brady. And ain't no, and it's kind of difficult to say that any team is better than a Tom Brady-led offense. But I think this Falcon team is better than that Tom Brady-led offense. I think this Falcon team is better than that Patriot defense. We'll see what that means. We'll see what that means come Super Bowl Sunday. And then, oh, by the way, you know, the, the, the conditions, perfect. It's in the dome. It's going to be perfect conditions. So it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun. And, you know, I, I can't wait. I, I'm looking forward. But I really, I really would rather have seen Cowboys, Patriots. That's what I'd rather have seen. But it didn't happen. Oh, well. But I'm okay with Falcons, Patriots, and we'll see what happens. Brady gets five, separates himself from the Montanas of the world. We'll see if he can do it, separate himself from the Bradshaws of the world. We'll see what he does. Come. He did He did surpass him in terms of Super Bowl appearances, seven. That's big time, man. That's big time. But anyway, let's, let's, let's move on. Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler, they've been disciplined by the Chicago Bulls. They will not start against the Miami Heat because of the comments they made after their game, after their frustrating loss, tough loss against the Falcons. You know, Butler said the Bulls don't play hard all the time. You know, then D. Wade saying that, uh, you know, his teammates are not really caring enough about winning. You know, things of that nature. And and so, and then you got Rondo, who, who, you know, stirred this whole thing up, stirred up some more mess. Rondo coming out now and, and and Instagramming and you know and saying that hey, if anything is questionable, it's leadership. So here's the thing: this is kind of the most hypocritical thing you can do. Rondo's a hypocrite. You know, you're, you're a hypocrite here, Rondo. I mean, you're talking about you know guys calling out other players and, and things of that nature. But you went on Instagram and you called out D Wade and, and Jimmy Butler. I mean, you call you question their leadership. You called them out, so you basically did what they did to the other teammates. You did. So, as far as I'm concerned, Rondo, you're just as guilty. Maybe you're right about what you said, but you turned around and did the same exact thing. Two wrongs don't make right, even if you're wrong, it could be right. But as far as I'm concerned, leaders of basketball teams, D-Wade, Jimmy Butler, those guys, if they want to call out their teammates, being that they are two of the best players on that basketball team, if they want to call out teammates, as far as I'm concerned, they can do it. Now, you can argue whether they shouldn't have done it or, or should have done it, but it's done. And I don't think there should be a level of discipline for that because I think you want your leaders calling out teammates. You want that. You want guys calling each other out and, and, and making each other accountable. Now, you can argue maybe he should have just left it private. And, and, you know, maybe Jimmy Butler and D-Wade could have addressed the guys privately, and that's cool too. Maybe that's what they probably should have done, but they didn't do it. And I think them doing it the way they did it, I don't necessarily have a problem with it, but I can understand how somebody would have a problem with it. And I can understand why some why someone would say it's wrong of them to call out their teammates publicly. But Rondo, if he had an issue with it, shouldn't have went on Instagram. And we don't know if he went to those guys privately. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they went to those guys privately. But you know, Butler and, and Wade said, you know, they're good with it. Everything's all good. But as far as I'm concerned, man, but this is Rondo trying to get himself out of there. He's not a big part of his team. You know, at one point he was getting some DMPs, but at this point he's really not playing much. So the reality of the situation, he's not playing much. He's not doing much. So where are the Bulls going to make their move? Where are they going to make their move? And maybe they even need to think about trading D-Wade if they can, see what the market is for him. But we'll see what happens with that. We're going to bring in a guy now, Christian Keys. He's starring in a big movie coming up on Lifetime, Love by the Temp Date which premieres tomorrow, which is Saturday, on Lifetime at 8 p.m. Eastern, on Lifetime. 
and we're going to bring in Christian Keys, right? Now. Let's bring him in now. One of the stars of Love by the 10th Date, which premieres this weekend on Lifetime, actor Christian Keys. Christian, how are you? What's going on? What's going on, brother? Thank you for having me, sir. Thanks for joining us. And Christian, Super Bowl is coming up. You got Atlanta. Oh you got the Patriots. How do you see it? You know what, man? I'm going to tell you this. I, I've been filming down in Atlanta for like four of the last five months. I'd love to see ATL pull it off, man, but they're going to have to play almost a perfect game. I feel like Atlanta has a shot. They have the number one offense in the country, and they're playing against the number one scoring defense, you know, in the in the league. So I feel like it's going to be, we're in for a heck of a game. And I think Atlanta, I think Atlanta's offense is going to score no matter who, what defense they play. And I think the yeah. Patriots against this Falcon defense, they're going to score as well. So it should be a lot of points being, uh, you know, on that board. Exactly. But they're going to have to get, if they, if they want to win that game, Atlanta's got to get on the Patriots' head early. You got to punch them in the mouth early. Get, you know, got to get up a touchdown or two and keep it that way. And hopefully you guys, you know, they can squeak it out by a touchdown. It's not going to be no blowout if Atlanta wins. I can't see that happening. No, it's, it's most definitely not going to be a blowout. I think it's going to yeah. it's going to be a close game, and I think it is going to be high scoring. I mean, I know the Patriot defense, you know, they don't let you score a lot of points, but that Atlanta no. offense, like I said, man, I mean, they're averaging over 30 points a game, scored 30 points in both of the playoff games, 30-plus. So they're yeah. going to get theirs. And it's diverse. It's coming from different people. Like Ryan is spreading that ball out. He's you know, he's got touchdowns at some of some everybody. I'm surprised he ain't threw you and me a touchdown this season. He's <laughs> tossing the ball around the field. Um, they got a really nice running back in Freeman. So he keeps you honest. You know, Freeman can give you 120 yards any game, you know, or more. So you got to pay attention to him and what he's doing. And then, you know, Julio Jones and the, the, that other talented cast of misfits and really talented folks down there in Atlanta. Man, it's going to be a heck of a game. Now, you know, I know the game is about a week away. Who you yeah. got? I want Atlanta to win, man. I really do. I, I, okay. I, 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 I'll go down with the ship. I want, you know, I'm not a diet. I'm not an Atlanta Falcons fan. I don't want to jump on the bandwagon. Um, I, I, I wanted, you know, the Cowboys to be here. But, you know, Green Bay roughed them up. And then, you know, Atlanta roughed Green Bay up. And um, and I want Atlanta to win, man. I, you know, we, they got a legacy over there with the Patriots. They got enough. They got trophy cases with trophy cases in them. And I, I want something for Atlanta, man. I feel like it'd be good for them. Are you a Cowboys guy? I wanted the boys to win, man. I mean, you got two young African-American, super talented brothers on there, man, coming out of nowhere and just shaking the world up. I really wanted them to do something. And I'm glad that, you know, Jerry didn't snatch Dax out of there and and, uh, and and stuff Tony back in there and just mess it up. Like, I really think Dak is the future of, of the Cowboy uh, quarterback position. I, I think if they're smart, they're going to ride that out and then see if they can find a nice, safe place for Tony Romo to land next season. We'll see. Definitely. I mean, there are some teams who could definitely use the services of Tony Romo. I, I think if healthy, he's still decent. He's still solid. He's still top 10, top 15 quarterback, if healthy. If healthy, easily top 15. He better than, they sent him over to Chicago. He better than Cutler. <laughs> send, him to, send him to the Bears. I'm tell, I, I guarantee the Bears will take him with open arms. He just needs a place that's going to protect him. Like I, I feel like the Dallas Cowboys offensive line finally got it right this season. And, you know, they protected, they protected Dak very well. And if you watch, um, it's crazy. You can watch um, Tom Brady. You know, he doesn't run. Or even, uh, even, even um, you know, the Falcons offensive line. They hold, man. They put a nice pocket in there. And I'm, I'm not a, a really good, you know, uh, football player. I played receiver a little bit. But I could throw a pass out of that. I mean, they, they, they build that pocket. They fight like a mug. And, and, you know, it's a beautiful thing to see, man. For sure. For sure. So let me ask you this now. I know you're a boxing guy. And there's a lot of yeah. talk. And hopefully it's just talk because I don't want to see it. But Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor. MMA meets boxing. Far as I'm concerned, it's not a fight I want to see. Far as I'm concerned, Floyd would have an easy time 
with Conor McGregor. Your thoughts on the possibilities of, those, of that fight? I would want to see it just because all the hype and, then you know, the, the, the buzz surrounding it. But we know, I mean, ultimately the reason Floyd doesn't have any losses is because you can't beat what you can't hit. By the time you, you shift that shoulder a little bit to throw your punch, Floyd's already moving out the way. And matter of fact, as he's moving out the way, he's throwing a counter punch that's going to land nicely on your nose, your eye, or your chin. And it's just, you know, better D beats good O all the time. Sure. So, it's, it's, you know, I feel like it'll be fun to watch, you know, and he might accidentally hit Floyd one or two good times, man. But it's, you can't beat what you can't hit, man. And you, you just can't catch Floyd. You can't. No doubt. No doubt. So, end of the day, you think Floyd comes back, whether it's McGregor, whether it's Keith Thurman, whether it's Pacquiao again, do you think Floyd comes back? I think that number 50 fits better than 49. Um you know, you know, you got to round up. It's a beautiful number. Fifty is beautiful. So um, I say, why not? I say, if they, you know, I'd like to see maybe him and Triple G if he's gonna fight him or something. It's got to be somebody that's worth it, though. Like we've seen Pacquiao, and they're gonna run from each other. They're gonna, you know, it's gonna be a lot of defensive boxing. It's gonna be, you know, not a lot of. I came up with the Haglers, man, and the Tommy Hearns and the Sugar yeah. Rays. They would stand there and punch each other's brain loose, literally. And I don't make light of it because, you know, I, I ran into, you know, one or two of, of that, that era's boxing um, stars. And, you know, you can tell, you know, they, they, they suffered from standing there for 12 rounds, um, you know, taking that kind of punishment. But, man, it was a thing of beauty. If you watch just the first round of, of Tommy Hearn and Tagler, that, that thing is beautiful. Or, um, or any of the Sugar Ray stuff, you know. So we came up on that stuff, man, and, and I just missed boxing like that. I don't think that unless they unless they give us something that's really going to just shake the boxing world back up, it's going to take a lot for people to really get interested in boxing like they used to be when Mike was Mike. For sure, for sure. We're talking to one of the stars of Love by the Tenth Date, actor Christian Keys. And Christian, you know, M- going to the NBA now, Carmelo Anthony, you know, there's been talk, him and Phil not getting along, Phil Jackson, talk that the Knicks have been shopping him to various teams, to the Cavaliers, for Kevin Love. Cavs turned that down, apparently. You know, to the Clippers, to, to the Celtics. I mean, the Knicks at this point are shopping Carmelo Anthony. He does have a no-trade clause, so he can't determine where he goes. I think it's time for Melo to go, if, if I'm the New York Knicks. I, I think at the end of the day, you're not winning a championship where Carmelo Anthony, not his fault, but the way your team is presently constructed and, and Melo's age, 32, it's not happening. I think he goes, yeah. I don't know where, but how do you view it? I feel like Melo's going to move. I feel like, I mean, at the end of the day, that's a grown man. He's got to do what's best for him. But just from the outside looking in, I feel like it may be time for him to him to land on a team that, that fits him. You know, when he got there to New York, um, they had Amari, you know, they had a couple pieces. But Amari, you know, he had some health issues, some knee and foot stuff, I think. And it was tough for him to stay healthy. And they had so much money wrapped up in Amari and Melo that they really couldn't acquire the pieces that they needed at the time. And it gets frustrating, man. It takes your heart away from, you know, the game you love so much if you just lose and lose and lose and lose it. And, you know, they lucked up with Porzingis. Porzingis is a G. Um, And, you know, so they lucked up with him. Um, they got a couple pieces, but I really don't feel like I don't feel like Melo's staying. And I knew he wasn't going to Cleveland. Cleveland ain't letting go of Love. Love just dropped 45 or 48 on somebody earlier this year, um, like th- 34 and a quarter. He ain't going nowhere. So, um, and LeBron ain't gonna let that happen. I think I think Cleveland needs to grab a piece like a, a center, somebody who can put some, put some points on the board from the paint area. That's what that's what Cleveland needs. They don't need they don't need a mellow, just in my opinion. Mellow's a G. You know, he still has flashes of greatness. And he's thirty two, man. So he's got he's got some young legs and he's got a lot left. So it's just a matter of, you know, him finding a, a, a good place where he actually fits and he's got some other key components in place for where they can excel. I, I gotta be honest with you. I think I think Mel, obviously here's the thing. If you're the if you're the Cavaliers, I don't think you have to give up Kevin Love for Mellow because I think at this point the Knicks are in the process of, of, of possibly even giving them away on some level because 
uh, of his age and also because of his salary and because, you know, at the end of the day, teams know that the Knicks may have to move him. So here's the thing. Right. I, I think with the Cavaliers, I think a mellow works from the standpoint that ultimately you have to beat the Golden State Warriors. And the Golden State Warriors are not a team that's going to play you big. They're going to play you small. And so Melo right. playing against the Golden State Warriors can play the four at that point. I mean, I, I mean, he's another guy that can put the ball in the basket. You're right. But he's also going to end up having to cover a guy like Draymond Green, who's, who's active as ever, super physical, because if Kevin's playing the three, Draymond's going to be at the four. And, you know, you've got to keep that guy off the glass, man. He's, uh, you know, he's like a uh, – he's Rodman-ish, you know, when he locks in on that, that, that kind of rebound zone. And, and Melo, you know, Melo's like Harden. He's an offensive machine, but sometimes you don't get as much defensive effort out of him as you would like, or it just seems like it's not as incredible of an, of an effort being the incredible offensive player that he is. If his defense matched that offensive output – and those flashes of greatness, then you got something, you know. But it, I don't know. I, I feel like if they're gonna add somebody, they gotta they gotta add. Cleveland's gotta add somebody that's gonna have some legs, gonna have some wheels, gonna get after it, gonna fight like hell. And they have to they have to have a championship pedigree and know how to win. They should have tried to grab Paul Gasol. They should have tried to grab you know some of these some of these guys that that could give you ten and eight every game, no matter what. Paul Gasol would have fit great over there. I just don't think they had the money. And here's also the thing, like, going back to Melo for a moment. At this point, there are reports out there that the Knicks are willing to give Melo away to the Clippers without asking for Blake, without asking for Chris Paul, without asking for uh, DeAndre Jordan. So they're pretty much willing to give him away. They just want to free up that cap space. They want to, get, they right. want to unload the rest of that because he's got another year or two. Two years. Yeah, they want to unload that. So that's about 30 or $40 million you're talking about there probably. So um, they're trying to free that up so they can go grab somebody else. Because Rose is healthy right now. you got Porzingis playing good. they got some nice pieces in New York. But it's got to be a fluid thing. And they, they're not listening to Phil. They don't run the offense. The triangle really doesn't fit there in New York anyway. So they need to go ahead and let that go. They don't have the right pieces to run the triangle. They need to find an offensive system that fits the talent and the, the personnel that they have and stop trying to resurrect. The, the triangle, it worked perfectly for Phil and for, you know, for the teams that he had, but he doesn't have that team right now. No doubt, no doubt. And, and we'll see what happens with Melo moving forward. I think he's going yeah. just a matter of when and where. We're talking to one of the stars of Love by the Tenth Date, actor Christian Keys and Christian. Love by the Tenth Date premieres this weekend on Lifetime Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Tell us what to expect. Um, you know what, man? I, I think you should expect some surprises. I, I like when I'm, I'm a part of films that are heavily female orchestrated because we get to look inside of a woman's mind. And it's, you get to experience, as a man, you get to experience thoughts and actions and moments that we aren't always privy to. Um, the director and writer in Zinga Stewart, you know, she did a great job with the script and, and, and with directing. Um, you know, the, the executives over there at Lifetime, they were incredible with their input and they had a specific vision. And, you know, if something didn't fit the vision, we made adjustments and we made sure that it fit that vision. And at the end of the day, I think people are going to really love it. I mean, and then of course, who's going to complain about working with, you know, Megan Good, who's a class act, Brandon T. Jones, who's a class act, hilarious brother, um, Grace Fuller. Uh, Kelly Rowland, who's amazingly talented. Um, Carrie Hilson, who plays my wife in this. I play her husband. And, you know, we have, you know, we have a, some extenuating circumstances in our, you know, our marriage in the movie. You know, there's a lot of surprises, some, you know, some, some guests. Um, it's just a great, great piece of film. I would watch it if I wasn't in it. That's about the best thing I could say about it. It's, it's really good. I'm not saying it because people expect you to say good stuff about something that you're in. I'd sit down and watch it. I'd make time to watch it if I wasn't in it. You know, they got a heck of a cast. I don't know how they assembled that cast. So it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's great. I'm excited to be a part of something that's, you know, that's a passion project for so many people. And like I said, we get to see and, and live and feel a lot of the things that women go through and deal with in dating and love and, 
and disappointment and, and, and rebuilding and, and so forth. So it's going to be a piece that, that people really love. Women are going to love it, guys. We're going to get to, you know, learn a lot from it. And, um, and it's a lot of humor in there, too, man, as funny as ever. Does it get old being on set with lovely women? Um, you know what, man? It's, it, at this point, it doesn't get old. You always appreciate, you know, the, the amazing people that you're working with. But the last thing, you know, this is 17 years for me now. Um, I started acting in 2000. And the last thing I'm ever going to do is lose respect from a female co-star or a female star in a movie because I'm, you know, because I'm being thirsty. I, I, I'm not going to mess up a friendship or a relationship, you know, being thirsty. I don't care who it is, you know, and, and everybody in, in this industry is attractive. So, you know, what you want to do is just show up, man, and, and show out, kick butt, kill your scenes, be respectful. You know, if you got love scenes and stuff like that, because there's some of that in here. You know, you you know, as a, as a man, I want to make sure that um, whoever's playing my love interest in in the scene feels comfortable. You know that she isn't, um, you know, feeling like I'm doing too much because that way, if she's in the moment, you know, her character, we are gonna create some magic. And clearly, sure. that's what we want to do. So it, you know, I just, I appreciate her at this point. You know, if I was younger, you know, maybe I'd be like, oh my god, it's, you know, I'm, I'm in the scene with Carrie Hilson or it's Kelly Rowland or Megan Good or, and I know her husband, you know what I'm saying? Ain't no, yeah, ain't no tomfoolery going on around here. But, um, it's, you know, it's, it's, you just appreciate being around other people who love their craft and other people who are talented and, and focused and, and really, you know, just, just great. Just a great band of talented misfits. I love, I love my job, man. And my son gets to watch my stuff on TV too, which is cool. That's good. That's good. That's cool. What, what, what about your son watching you, you know, in a, in a kissing scene or anything like that? Do you have to explain those things? Uh, yeah, he's, well, he just turned 14 in December. So, you know, we have okay. a lot of talks. I get on his, I'm getting on his nerves right now, but I don't really care because uh, we're going to talk about this stuff. <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't bringing me on no tears until you out of college and, and, you know, got some chest hair. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, I ain't playing that. You're going to have to be, you know, what, what we... We have an open dialogue. We have a good friendship and a good relationship to where I keep it transparent. And he know it, you know, he knows it's just, it's just acting. As soon as they say cut, boom, you know, you up, you wipe the, her lip gloss off of my face and, and you go get ready for another take and you keep it moving and keep it professional. And that's how it doesn't get awkward or weird for anybody. So it's, 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 it's a good thing, man. I, it's a wonderful job. Somebody's got to do it. I'll do it. <laughs> has it, has it, has it ever been awkward or weird? doing love scene um let me see not really i mean it's it's i think my first one i got thrown kind of under the bus um and it was you know it was and it was it was like a love scene love scene like um full-on basically i was wearing one sock and and uh, let's see i'm not gonna tell you where that sock was but um that was it and they were like you know your love scene's in a couple minutes so you know go ahead and get ready and i'm like i thought that was you know on monday no they moved it it's today get ready i was like oh god so you know i didn't really have a chance to be nervous and have time so you just kind of lock in you know what your job is you be a professional you handle it and like i said ultimately if i if i can make sure that the actor the, the female actor in in the scene with me feels comfortable and that she's you know she's in that moment that we create then we're going to, you know, we're going to create some magic. It's going to be dope. It's going to be passionate. It's going to be powerful. And it's going to be true to the vision of the people who created the content. And that's what, really what I want as well. Now, celibacy is a big topic in this movie. To me, in 2017, with all that's out there, celibacy is not really a bad thing. But, but talk about that celibacy in this particular movie. Um, it, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a, it's a dress, you know, and it, it's certainly something that, um, that, you know, a lot of people are talking about now. And, and to be honest, as somebody who's not married, you know, I've, and had my moments to where, you know, I, I've opted to just be celibate, you know. And, and you know, when I'm dating, it's, that's not always easy. I'm a grown man, um, you know, but it's sometimes it's a necessity. Sometimes you got to remove yourself from the situation so you can remind yourself of the magic of falling for someone and, and getting butterflies and, and, and how, you know, getting nervous when you just hold their hand. You know, when it's just about, okay, let's go out once or twice and let's have some incredible sex. You can't build love off incredible sex. You can't build a relationship off of good love. It doesn't work that way. And if that's the best thing or the only thing that you got holding yourself together or holding your relationship together, then you're not in a healthy thing. It's, it's going to collapse at some point. It's going to. So I, I definitely think, you know, the, um, the uh, I think pushing celibacy as an option for these kids 
because we're in a hookup generation now. I think it's, you know, I think it's a great idea. I don't see anything wrong with it at all. For sure. So, obviously, you got this movie going on, Love by the Tenth Date. What else is going on with actor Christian Keys? Well, thankfully, um, and, you know, I send all the glory upwards because I ain't doing this. I'm alone for the ride. Um, season two of Saints and Sinners um, starts on Bounce TV March 5th, which I'm happy about. That's the show that I'm on. I play Levi, the lead, one of the, the leads. Um, and let me see. We got The Preacher's Son. That's about to come out, um, I want to say, April, maybe, April or May. But it's debuting at the Pan-African Film Festival here in Los Angeles. And, you know, I'm excited about that. I'm the lead in that. Um, what else? We got No More Mr. Nice Guy, which is like an urban Jason Bourne kind of James Bond film that's coming to the theaters this fall. And I'm the lead in that. Um, I'm finishing up my third novel. And there's some other, you know, other great things going on as well. So I'm just, I'm really excited, man. And who knows, you know, as soon as you get focused on two or three things, another great opportunity pops up. You know, God will open up another door or two. And, uh, and I'm just excited about it, man. I'm staying real active with my platform to bring awareness to what's going on politically. Cause you know, we gotta, we gotta brace ourselves, man. Cause, uh, um, I, uh, Donald, um, yeah, I, I can't inform, call him that, that, that P word, but Mr. Trump is, is, is doing a lot of stuff, man. And it's, it's, it's going to shake up this country. It's going to turn this country upside down. And I think the people are going to start to realize, you know, what, what and who they voted for, but it's a little too late. And he's doing stuff quick, fast and in a hurry. I mean, six days in, and he's getting busy. Yeah, he 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 just he just he he signed a legislation for the um 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 what is it uh for the pipeline, which you know we were huge on that last year, and we we made some ground, we brought awareness, and he couldn't wait to do it. And and the fact is, before the election, he had money invested in the pipeline. Right. So unless he he all he probably did was sign it over to his son. Or, or, you know, one of his sons or something like that, but it's still his. That's a conflict of interest if he puts that through. You know, and he's and now he um, he banned, he, he shut down the EPA's um, Twitter account. He's banning them from tweeting, you know, so they can't blast out the various shady things that, that people are doing nationwide. You know, he's just, it's all about the money now. He did a, a, a salary lock on government jobs so no one can get any raises. Um, he did, he signed, he approved an increase in, um, mortgages nationwide. I mean, it's, you know, people getting distracted by the, you know, this going on or that going on or, you know, somebody passing, you know, or whatever. And he's just sliding in all kind of new chaos and we're not even paying attention to it, man. And it's frustrating because we, we don't look up and have no rights whatsoever. Like he's, he's threatening to send the military down to Chicago, somebody, if they don't, they don't cut down all the killings, you know, we're going to take some aggressive force. Cops already kill an exorbitant amount of people down there um, unarmed in Chicago. And, and, and I, I love police. There's a lot of great cops, probably 80 percent, 85 percent of cops, you know, are legitimate stand-up, hard-working people. It's just we got to get rid of the ones that, that aren't, you know, the ones that, that break the law and, and, you know, all of that. Sure. But he's on the side of those who are covering up crimes and who are lying on police reports and who are breaking the law and, and, and abusing their force and stuff like that. So we got to, you know, as an actor, I'm going to be using my platform this entire year to just bring awareness to the nonsense he's doing because it's not okay. I'm upset. Sure. I got to talk to my son like, okay, even if you're right, you know, even if you're in the right, Christian, just, just say, okay, nod, keep your hands in plain sight, and, and just say yes to the police. Forget your rights, your constitutional rights. Uh, just say yes. That's ridiculous, man. It don't make right. no sense. Live to fight another day, man. It's, it's sad, but it's reality. It's reality. It's reality. We're talking to one of the so. stars, loved by the temp date, actor Christian Keys. So, at end of the day, Saturday night, 8 o'clock, Lifetime, why should we watch? Why should you watch? Because you will be thoroughly entertained. You will laugh. You, um, you might blink a little bit. You know how when you don't want to cry, you try to look up a little bit and blink real fast. You're going to do that once or twice. Um, you know, it's, there's some honesty, man, and, and some, some situations where 
that are normally um, enacted or um, that normally originate from the man's side, like they flip a lot of the script on certain relationship elements in this film, and it's done in a very witty and intelligent way. And it's like, wow, you know, I wonder what I, if I was in this situation, really, would I, would I deal with this? Would I sign up for this? Would this be okay? But, you know, it may be something that, that us as men, you know, some of us put women through that all the time. So if, if there's something in there for women, there's a lot in there for women. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot in there for men, you know, to get, to learn from, to relate to. Um, you know, there's eye candy for the women. There's, there's all those beautiful women that I named, you know, Carrie, Kelly, Megan, um, Kay Stewart, um, and a bunch more um, for the men to enjoy. You know, plus they're, they're brilliant and talented. And it's just a heck of a story, man. It's, it's just a heck of a story. And I actually, um, I actually read for like the three lead roles, the three male lead roles in this film. I, I read for the one that Brand is playing. I, I read for the one that Andre's playing, and I read for the one that I eventually got. And in all honesty, they picked the right guy. You know, Brandon killed it. Um, I don't don't get me wrong. I did too. But Brandon killed it. I think the cast, the casting was dead on. You know, Dre killed it. Dre Fuller killed it. And you know, I did my thing. So it's, you just never know. You got to go and approach every opportunity as a genuine, enormous opportunity. And you know, it, it, I look up and I'm I'm in a in a film with all these amazing people. So it's, it's a good look. And then it's Lifetime. They never, you know, I've never seen them drop the ball. So. Um, I say tune in. I say get you a, a bottle of red wine and about a friend or two over, and um, some snacks or something, and and, uh, and and get in there, get in on this. As uh, my boy Tony Baker would say, get in on this. The love by the tenth day party. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I mean? We might need to have one. That's a good idea. Note yourself. We might need to set up a love by the tenth day party out here, a little viewing party out here. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate you. You need to get in somebody's club. You know, get, make a little money for yourself. Yeah, a little singles love by the tenth day kind of viewing party or something. Let me now I got my wheels and let me make some calls and send some text messages. <laughs> so I, I'm just looking at you. You know what, man? You, you talked about how busy you are. You, you write novels. You, you you're doing all these different type of movies and things of that nature. You really don't have time to date. Uh, you know what? You make time for what you want. It is incredibly difficult sometimes. And, and then even when you do find someone that you're interested in, you know, sometimes they don't have the patience to deal with your schedule because it's ever-changing. You know, I might host something like, uh, let me see, um, we, I, if, if, I was, if I had a girlfriend, I, I probably would have made plans for the Super Bowl. Um, now I'm going to be down there playing in a celebrity game, um, the Gridiron Celebrity Basketball Game for the Super Bowl. Um, you know, with Des Bryant and, and okay. Julie Jordan set it up, and it's, it benefits the foster kids and all that. You know, so it's how you gonna say no to that, man? And, you know, you donate some time, and, and you get to go influence some kids and maybe help change somebody's life. And you you got to have a woman that's strong enough of a person in herself and secure enough to say, okay, listen, this is bigger than me. This is bigger than me and him. You know, so it's tough to kind of find that sometimes. Right. So keep looking. You know, keep searching. You know. Stay celibate. <laughs> Who knows? <Yeah>. You know? <laughs> it might come together Definitely. for you. I'm not. I ain't giving up, man. God building us somewhere, so I, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not terribly uh, stressed about it. It'll. It'll happen when it's supposed to happen. For sure. So fans, hit this man up on Twitter at Christian Keys. Same thing on Instagram at Christian Christian Keys. Excuse me. And most definitely on Saturday, go to Lifetime, 8 p.m. Eastern. Love by the tenth date. That's love by the tenth date, starring this man, actor Christian Keys. Christian, absolute pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best Appreciate of luck it. moving forward. Let's do it again. Thank you for ha- thank you for having me, man. Yeah, I, I feel like I almost missed my call, and I feel like I I should have done some sports radio or something in case acting, you know, didn't work out. I, I could have <laughs> fell back on this perhaps with a little training. But I, you know, I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you very much. It's a heck of an interview. Take care. Appreciate it. Take care. God bless, brother. Christian Keys, one of the stars of Love by the Tempt Date. And make sure you check that movie out. Love by the Tempt Date tomorrow. 
on Lifetime, 8 p.m. Eastern. Lifetime, support this man, Christian Keys. I want to thank Christian for stopping by. I also want to thank you, the listeners, for listening. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash began, where you can listen to this show at Go For It Can. Follow us on Twitter at Go For It Can. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you later. Take care. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.